Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. We are one week away from opening day, which is crazy. I'm excited and not. Uh, Andy McCullough of the, of the Athletic wrote a great story, I think, the, this week that, that sums up, I don't know about a, a lot of people's feelings, but definitely had some echoes in terms of that, like, boy, can't wait to watch baseball. And also like, wow, this seems like a bad idea. Doesn't matter. This train is running away. There are no breaks. We're going downhill. Opening day, one week away. Your Toronto Blue Jays will be playing in uh, the city of Toronto, as it turns out, if you believe what Doug Ford has to say, that it's a done deal. All kinds of wild things to talk about one week out from opening day. And there's no wilder person, the wildest man in all of the ba- – no, that's the, – yeah, the real – the gonzo. The gonzo baseball reporter himself, he joins me as always. Uh, old reliable. Old reliable, gonzo baseball ex- writer extraordinaire, <laughs> Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I, I'm well, except for being confused by your uh, your introduction. But yeah, no, I, I'm doing okay. I'm confused by it too. But uh, <laughs> it, like the 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 approaching season, it has uh, you know escape velocity and it's terminal velocity that we are going. No, not, not terminal. It's escape velocity. It is happening, whether we like it or not. The Gonzo baseball reporter thing is happening, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah, one week baseball. There will be the, the Nats and Yankees. What a weird way to start it. Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, throwing down. Uh, why Scherzer? Do you know? Do you know that the, the, it might seem like a distant memory now, but the Washington Nationals won the World Series last year. Very unusual. Very odd to get my wrap my head around. But they I did. I mean, they they didn't. They we were, were fairly confident they didn't cheat, which is nice because had they lost, uh, a bunch of cheating. Think about how <laughs> Howie Kendrick, I think the league needs to make him like a permanent employee forever because if Howie Kendrick doesn't donk that home, home doink, excuse me, pardon me, doink the home run off the right field foul pole and by some miracle the Astros win the World Series last night, no, miracle, the Astros win the World Series, the PR nightmare that, that would be, I would say, at least 10 times worse if they had conspired to win the World Series again and then have all these allegations come out. It just was not only poetic justice, but saved everyone a whole lot of headaches. Which is, which is wonderful. It's wonderful because there have been a few headaches since, I'm going to say, last October. Boy, oh boy, have there been. But none of that matters. That's the important thing. They don't want us to think about any of that stuff. They don't want us to think about labor strife. They don't want us to think about... about Garrick, uh, about Buster Posey not playing this year. They don't want us to think about Michael Kopech not playing this year, which is crazy to me. That's a young guy, everything to gain. Uh, but obviously making decisions that are the right for him and his family. Uh, they don't want us to think about that. They don't want us to think about the raging uh, global pandemic that has not ceased at all in certain parts of the, uh, the country in which baseball is played the most frequently. We don't want to th- think about the lack of... Uh, of uh, intensive care beds in some areas where the pandemic is raging. They don't want to think about the social justice riots and protests that continue every single day, or that the fact that people are getting like black bag kidnapped by unnamed federal authorities in Portland in driving around in unmarked minivans. Like what the fuck? Don't want to think about that. So we shouldn't. Let's talk about baseball. Talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. Let's talk about the most important piece of news 
I think, to come out of, uh, uh, of the Blue Jays camp, which is, of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to play first base in DH, not third base. Travis Shaw earned himself a job by Vlad being bad at defense. Uh, so we go to Stoughton for a reacts on this oh, is that, earth-shattering piece of news. Yeah, is that the that's the most important thing? I, don't I mean, know. I'm in not the, sh- in the big picture. What? I guess, I mean, it's just, it's a thing that was going to happen anyway. I guess uh, it, it it's it, it's. It's a shame, I think. I will say, uh, I wrote mm-hmm. about it a little bit, and I, I uh, quoted a tweet from the 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 Dow of Steve, a friend of ours, uh, who was like, you know, made the excellent point that it takes away his best defensive tool, which is his arm, and emphasizes his worst, which is his footwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just a twenty-one-year-old. Becoming a essentially a DH. Let's be let's be honest here. I mean, he's going to play some first, and he, they're 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 locked in on on you know Travis Shaw uh, as of uh, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Uh, I, I I know what day it is, but I don't remember what day that that it was announced. Yeah, <laughs> that he had some sort of uh, he he has a he's got a, a minor injury. I forget which it is, but uh, you know he's obviously the guy who's going to to benefit. Uh, in the short term, I'm going to play a lot of third base. He's an excellent defensive third baseman, a much better defensive third baseman in his career than than Vlad. Though I think that he has uh, not been as good or wasn't as good in 2019 uh, as he was uh, in 2018, and and perhaps perhaps the same as uh, in, in 2017 uh, as 2018. You know, I, 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 he may be declining. I guess is what I am dancing around saying, but he still is a better defensive third baseman than Vlad. He uh, he's got some sort of injury. Something's tight. I think it might be his groin. Who's to say? Uh, except somebody who actually knows, as opposed to me. Uh, but but you know, it, it, I'm not. I I don't I don't hate the move, even though it really it is weird and it it like I like it because it it says, and I think this is an important thing for the club and for where they are and for you know what. Vlad and Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and these guys, these young guys who are and what the the Ryu signing meant is that they think they can be more competitive now than the projections say, than the prognosticators say, than, you know. Uh, and I think that you kind of have to follow through on that. You have to, you know, unless it's Nate Pearson, obviously, <laughs> who <laughs> we're going to hold back a bit. But uh, but no, I, I, I it's obviously their best defensive alignment does not include Vlad at third. So as weird as it is to have a 21 year old kind of being given up on, uh, in that way, uh, I kind of get it. I think that's a, maybe an overly charitable view of why they're doing it, which is why I was kind of like you. And I was like, this sucks. And people were like, uh, you know, folks came and replied to me say, on, on Twitter saying, no, no, it's good. It's good. It's, it's a good idea. You know, like they, they, they used your, very reasonable line of thought. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think that they have done what you said, and that's just given up. Either they've given up or he's given up, or they're just like, yo, this is not gonna happen, which is a defeat. That's a that's a that's an L. Take the L, as they say, because this is a this is a loss for the de- player development uh, uh, machine. It's a loss for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Not to say that he can't be a good player and he and he won't be a great hitter for the rest of his career, but that's going to be it. And even the ability for him to to play uh, 
third base passably for five years would have meant such a huge difference for the Blue Jays' ability to win ball games. Because here's the thing about Travis Shaw. Maybe maybe it's not about Travis Shaw and that Travis Shaw is a guy who was in the minors at some point last year and was like, you know, miles below replacement level. So it's not as though it's like this uh, Jordan Groshans or or uh, or Austin Martin who are blasting through the system and being like, I'm the third baseman now. They've just given up. And and if there was ever a viable hope of him being able to play third base, whether or not you think, well, if we we might win a few more games, they would he would be doing it. If there if if there were, I think if there was any idea, any prayer of him being able to to do it at the big league level, they would do it. You don't you don't move the best prospect you've ever had in your franchise history across <laughs> the diamond because fucking Travis Shaw might give you a chance to win a few more games in a sixty game season. Bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. It's just because he's not good enough. And, and then that's a disappointment. And I'm disappointed, not necessarily disappointed in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. personally. I'm just, I'm disappointed by the situation. I don't think there's a lot of positive to come out of it unless they really do truly think that they're pulling levers behind the scenes. And, and one of these, one of Groshans or, or Martin or someone else is ready to take the reins and like be an everyday third baseman and be a plus uh, defensively and be able to hit. And I mean, that's a really deep position right now. So you need to be good there. Uh, and, and Travis Shaw, Travis Shaw's not that. And as it turns out, neither is Vlad because he's just not up to the task defensively. And I don't think there's any, there's only so much spin and only so much. This is in the interest of putting the best team on the field. I think it's, 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 it's less about because they want to win and more about the fact that he just can't do it. Yeah. You know what? Okay. That, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, I think Joe Siddle made, uh, uh, made a good point this week. Uh, on the broadcast, uh, which is that perhaps you know he, he talked about how Ed or how Vlad immediately reached out to Edwin Encarnacion, a guy that oh wow you know the Jays probably could have kept him around if they wanted a veteran voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but asking about you know how how to move over to third base, and he kind of just you know, apparently just or, or excuse, excuse me to move from third to first because that was obviously something that that worked very well for Edwin. Uh, and kind of there were platitudes or whatever. It didn't it didn't sound like it was great advice, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> uh, but you know there was a there was maybe a mental aspect of uh, of Edwin's growth that came out of not having to be on the field and be you know terrible all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, so I mean, if I'm being very generous, I could I could say that maybe I understand that. And you're absolutely right. Like you know you don't do this for Travis Shaw. I mean. You but, don't. Yeah. And, I mean, you, and, you just you just you just absolutely don't don't do this for Travis Shaw. I, I think it's uh, really and, and, and you know I mean I don't know Vlad didn't Vlad Vlad didn't exactly show back up like he's not he's not Mark Gasol. Yikes. This took a turn. <laughs> took- I know I mean I that's you know that's a that's a weird and shitty thing we don't want to you know get grading people on but like i don't know vlad's Vlad's, he's a big kid and and uh and obviously that's where that's where the that that, the first base is the position where players who uh are his size end up unless their name is pablo sandoval and at which point they play third base and win three fucking world series rings so whatever and okay well no you know what you convinced me i'm i i the funny thing to me, and especially in light of your 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 commentary, which is that he sounded like kind of terrible <laughs> advice, is that yeah. he reached out to Edwin Encarnacion because when Encarnacion and Lind 
were the guy Adam Lynn were the guys that were kind of splitting time in first base. The word was, you know, I don't have any solid thing to back this up, but they both hated it. And neither of them <laughs> wanted to do it ever. So they would both be like, fuck, I gotta play first base. This sucks. So it's funny that that uh, Vlad would be like, oh, what what can you tell me about playing first base? It's like, well, it's dog shit. There's no way around it. It's uh, it's a <laughs> shitty job that you don't want to do. But hey, just hit and they'll leave you alone like that. <laughs> I, I I hope I'm that okay was with team. that. And, yeah, and, 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 and also a thing that I think about it is uh, that Blue Jays fans and and perhaps the Blue Jays themselves put put a lot into you know into into like thinking about what Vlad can be and thinking about a team that they would have that needed to be carried by Vlad because the, the, the farm system was not great in 2015, 2016 when he was, you know, first there and first breaking out in the minor leagues. And now, you know, it was a, it was a question that was kind of laughed off for a long time. It's like, well, would you rather have Bo Bichette or Vlad? And I think, I think that I, I feel few people at this point would, choose Vlad over Bo, right? I mean, I think that the and, and that's not a knock on Vlad because Bobochet's an, you know, a really exciting prospect basically still to have in mm-hmm. the in the organization. But like uh but there's there's just there's so much more talent that it doesn't have to be all about Vlad and it doesn't have to be like, oh shit, like, well how how will he get to six war if he's at first base? Like we really need him to 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 maximize our wins above replacement, and it's like he's you know he, he's just he's maybe not gonna be that guy. And uh, well, I think I think you you've made a great point yeah. almost inadvertently, which is you know not uh, the that's first what time I, that's what I tend to do. Not the <laughs> first time that's happened on this show by either <laughs> either of us. But it's not, and in my mind, it has nothing to do without. Um, Vlad, it had nothing to do with wins above replacement. It's not that oh, Vlad's not going to be he's not going to be a seven win player. He's going to be a five win player if he's having a great season. Like there was never it was, it was never it was never going to be about his defense, right? If he was a passable third baseman, like like Pablo Sandoval, for example, or a guy who who played some nice third base, a former catcher who then moved out to play third and then ended up playing some first a little bit here and there, but uh, it's it's more about a the opportunity presents itself to have somebody else. Who can hit, play first base, or if you have another athlete, uh, another, so someone who's left-handed, or just if there's if that's the way the pieces sort of fit together, where it's like we have a we have a chance to be better if Vlad's playing first because that means we can play whomever at, at first base if if Vlad's at third. Without that flexibility, you don't have that. But it was always going to be all about Vlad's bat. He was never going to be you know Matt Chapman over there who was like the you know he was never going to be the best third baseman in the in the, in the world. It's always going to be about how well he can hit. But now it's just like only all about how well he can hit. And it's it's crazy that that in one you know one calendar year or more than one calendar year mm-hmm. opening day is in a week so that apparently we're in April. But like to think that <laughs> yeah that now. Vlad Guerrero Jr., who was, again, literally the best number one prospect in baseball, the best prospect the Blue Jays have ever had, the guy who was in 19 in double-A, and we were like, the cowards, call him up tomorrow! And now we're like, eh, whatever, he's good, maybe he'll be as good as Edwin. <laughs> we got Bo. We don't care about anything else anymore, which is uh, which is crazy to think about, because, again, he was 19 and, like, raking in double-A, destroyed triple-A, at 20, came up to the big leagues, had a bit of a slow start, went bananas and then ran out of gas and then was like, was pretty rough for the last end of the season. But like, he's still going to hit. And we, 
you know, again, it's, it's all about our expectations and what we want versus what we can get. Joey goddamn Votto is a national icon, a guy that we would all have walked over broken glass for the Blue Jays to have traded for him at any point in the last decade, even when he signed a $200 million contract. We were like, let us take that off your hands, Cincinnati. Uh, he plays first base, but he can sure as hell hit, and he's going he's gonna to hit his way into the Hall of Fame from fucking Richview Collegiate in Etobicoke for life. <laughs> so, Vlad, it's fine. It's disappointing. But it's always going to be about his bat, no matter what. It's not like he was some kind of like five tool wonder kind who has all fallen apart, who needed to be a complete player to get to the big leagues. His hit hitting tool is his carrying tool. It's going to be the thing that's going to keep him in the big leagues for a long, long time. And, uh, he's going to have to do it as a first baseman, potentially as a DH. There's no, you know, there's no way of getting around the fact that a 21 year old DH is like incredibly depressing. So here's hoping <laughs> the fact that he can at least just play first base, play first. Play yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, like I say, bringing up Encarnacion, I mean, there's a guy who you look at the, the war totals. It, it wasn't Josh Donaldson, but uh, still an incredibly important, uh, incredibly valuable player. Uh, and yeah, it was always going to be about Vlad's bat. So. Uh, but 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 you're also right in being like no, it is disappointing. It's it, you. It would be better if he was playing third base and Jordan Groshans or Austin Martin or Travis Shaw had to knock him off the like his obvious spot. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there are lots Travis of good Shaw first- should not should not be should not be good enough to. Uh, or is not good enough. To, when when to it's presented it. like it's everyone that we're being done a favor, like look, we got to get Travis Shaw in there. We got to we got to put our. I heard someone say recently, we got to get our best defensive alignment out there to give us the best chance to win. Fuck that. No, we don't. We just need to have the guy at third base be able to be willing to stand there and take the abuse that comes. With okay, the job. so the but so then you uh, you would ha- you would be continuing. Vlad at third base is what you're saying. I, I would be continuing Vlad at third base unless it was abundantly clear to everyone involved that he's simply not up for the up for it. Okay, so did you did you did you watch last season? I have I have <laughs> uh, you know like parsed whatever. I have I have uh, split hairs. I have yeah. made excuses and told myself lies all about his defense for a year. I think that it. I don't. I just think that it's. I don't think that it's premature. That's the thing. I don't know. And it would be, I, if it would be preferable if, if he maybe had, if, sorry, not, it's not preferable. I don't know if he should or shouldn't be there. The fact that they're moving off of, moving him off of it now, there's only, the only reason is because he's not good enough. That's it. It has nothing to do with Travis Shaw, nothing to do with them winning more games. They're just like, he's not a big league third baseman. That's the end of this. And then, and then that's all that's happened. Not, and I, and I don't think that they're wrong about that. No, and they, maybe they're not wrong. That's why I'm disappointed. I, I wish that he, they, I wish that it was another way. But it, this is yeah. the only way it can be. It's not something that's being done in the great in, in the service of seeking more wins necessarily. Which, yeah, maybe you mean you don't put a guy out of position just for the sake of doing it. If it's like, okay, look, we've been watching him, we've seen him up close, we saw him put the work in in the winter, and then this this three month layoff. Um, maybe he changed things, maybe he didn't change things. Look, he's not a third baseman. We can't put him out yeah. there. Win, That's lose, fair. or draw, whether or not they're 50 games out of first place or, or one game out of the wild card, whatever it might be. I don't think any of that has any, you know, that external stuff has nothing to do with the fact that they just made a judgment and they were like, he can't do it. Yeah. 
Well, frankly, I've been saying the other thing, but yeah, you're probably right. Who knows? As usual. No, 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 but I, but I, I, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and yeah, if they thought he, if they thought he could, perhaps they would. Uh, they clearly have, you know, with the Nate Pearson situation, they're certainly not putting every. I agree, cat. <laughs> the bias cat is here. <laughs> the bias cat has made an appearance from from Keith Law's old uh, ESPN uh, podcast. Yeah, am I biased against manipulating service? You're biased against uh, the Blue Jays front office. You you're never giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's you know what I've heard that a lot. You're always actually. looking to bury them. Yeah, I remember this. The Toronto Sun published something about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it. it, it <laughs> Are on, you getting thrown off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting more, more. Uh, a little talkative, a little talkative. A little talkative. But no, I, 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 I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I, I think I'm right too. That's why I said that. If I, if I may say though about Nate Pearson, by the way, mm. not that I, not that I am the one who's usually uh, out here making segues. Uh, but there's a great piece uh, at The Athletic, uh, Andrew Baggerly, the San Francisco Giants reporter, mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, the the very issue uh, that involves Nate Pearson, which is service time, mm-hmm. which is that it is uh, – it turns out that it, it – it's well, – I'm not great at math, but, uh, but basically – well, let me read – let me read from Andrew's piece. Of course, Andrew's piece is about Joey Bart. The, oh, oh the, so you're oh, you, you're familiar with it. the Giants catcher, who especially since Buster Posey is not playing this season, he has opted out um, due that he and his wife are adopting newborn twins. Um, so the risk is too great for Buster Posey. So Joey Bard is, the, is, I believe, the Giants' top prospect. He's a catcher, but your point is, and Andrew's point, and that you're going, you Andrew Stoughton are going to are making yeah. the point on oh, behalf no, no, of Andrew no. Why don't, why don't no, no, I go mean, ahead. You, that's I, all I know. Could, that's all no, I know. You could probably you could probably synthesize it better than me. No, no, that's uh, all I know. Point. I want you to take take the rest. You, uh, so the basically the the service time denominator. I'm reading from his piece here. Mm-hmm. Uh, stops being. It, it's not six. If the game, if the if the season gets shut down after three games. The service time denominator isn't sixty games anymore; it's three games. Mm. So the the idea with the the service time thing is, in particular, like for Nate Pearson or for you know, if you if we assume that the season is going to proceed for sixty games, then you know you're going uh, you have to hold a guy down for about a week, about five games to, uh, uh, in order to successfully quote unquote. Uh, manipulate his service time, but if the if the season gets shut down uh, early on, or gets shut down prematurely at any point, it it is no longer sixty games. It's like they're going to mm. they're going to prorate it by the amount uh, the amount of games that are actually played. Uh, which, as Andrew's piece uh, suggests and is about. Uh, just makes it less likely that any team is going to have a guy come up on the you know on the the first weekend of the season on opening day. Uh, it's just there there is there is a lot to lose for teams Ugh. to have a guy come up for five days because because I don't know it's a it's, I get where you're coming from I get where you're coming yeah from. I, if, thank I, thank you I get where you because I'm not sure I do but yeah I know what you're saying like the, <laughs> the the math becomes even more overwhelming if the if the yes. if, with the prospect of the season being even shorter um, yeah. the incentive to do the quote unquote wrong thing 
uh, is stronger than the, the incentive to exactly just put the right. good, good team on the field. If yes. you want to read Andrew Baggerly's piece, of, which is about Joey Bart, that you could make about Nate Pearson if you just kind of squint or maybe use like a kind of a cool Google Chrome filter or something, uh, you could do that if you are a subscriber to The Athletic. And if you aren't yet a subscriber to The Athletic, I think you should go to theathletic.com slash birds all day and sign up. You can get a full year subscription to The Athletic for what I believe is 40% off. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you should. You can do that whether you subscribe to The Athletic or not. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Overcast. You can go to Stitcher. Uh, there's another one I saw. It's like Uncast or something like that. Whatever it is, search birds all day. Bang, subscribe. You're in. You're good to go. If you have done that, we really appreciate it. If you've been with us uh, for however, I think we're coming up on 250 or, or more episodes of Birds All Day between our previous iteration in the in the wilds on our own here with The Athletic. We've been at it this show for longer than we did the other ones back in the day. But Stoughton and I have probably done more than 500 podcasts together. If you've been part of that, thank you. Uh, if you like what we do, don't be afraid to hit uh, go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you can do that and, and give us a review. I haven't told you to do that in a while. Hit it. Give us a five-star. Tell us that you like the show. If you don't, awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, but if this is your first time, thanks for listening to Birds All Day. As I mentioned off the top, my name is Drew Fairservice. His name is Andrew Stoughton. This week, we got no guest for a variety of reasons. I bet you if you've listened to us from the beginning or at any point over in, in the past, uh, before the past year and a half, you know what that reason would be. Scumbaggery. We're scumbags. <laughs> hey, listeners, producer Cam here. Look, I probably don't need to tell you this, but just to be safe, I'm going to tell you smelling good is really important. And that's where Hawthorne comes in. Hawthorne offers an array of great smelling products, designed just for you. Take a quick and easy two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne will lay out an accompaniment of great products, whether it be their two colognes, one for work and one for play, shampoos, deodorant, the whole enchilada. And guess what? Hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free return. So make sure you check out Hawthorne today at Hawthorne, with an E, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, dot C-O, not dot com hawthorne.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co. Back to the show. The Blue Jays had a few extra guests in camp in Toronto this week as who's should show their face, but Kevin Biggio, but Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Key players, key uh, members of the Blue Jays' uh, 2020 team and beyond sort of uh, showed their face because they were allowed to, I guess. Um, always good to see, you know, even though it's only a week left, uh, uh, the, the regulars. Kevin Biggio was, uh, I believe he was telling the an assor- assembled or maybe on Zoom, told the press folks. Definitely, definitely on definitely Zoom. Definitely on Zoom that he's going to be playing a lot of second base. That's what he's been told, which is cool. Which makes sense. You got Vlad at first, apparently, for Christ's sake. You got Kevin Biggio at second, <laughs> and then you got Bichette, and uh, and then the linchpin of the Blue Jays' entire organization moving forward, Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw, yeah. Travis Shaw. I don't know. I mean, it's good to know those guys are well, well enough to come to Toronto, well enough to to get back that up really to speed in time for the season, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. Obviously, that's the big thing. 
Uh, because, you know, we don't, they didn't announce why any of those guys were not in camp, but uh, there are really very few reasons why they might not have been, which is why this whole secrecy thing, I understand, obviously everybody understands medical privacy, you know, not Steve Simmons, but everybody else understands medical privacy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. It, it has been. Uh, John Lott wrote a wonderful piece about the Zoom era that we are now in, and how uh, how difficult it is uh, not just you know not uh, not just to do a, a, for a reporter to do their job, but and to and to convey things from the team, but just how just what a strange what a strange situation it is, and how it's like you know it it, it does. There are no winners when you're like, oh, we have to speculate now because we don't know why these guys aren't in camp. Uh, and now we don't have to speculate about Kevin Biggio and Lourdes Gurriel and whoever else has showed up, right? It's like, okay, they've been they've been cleared and they're here, which is, uh, for what it is, is nice. What I feel it's coincidental, obviously, but it is kind of... Um, Interesting that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Kevin Biggio are, we were kind of mentioning them in the same breath, because for all of the certainty that Bo Bichette is, you know, the best player on the team, <laughs> for all the certainty that Vlad Guerrero was washed and that he is like looking up at Justin Smoke's career at this point in his, in his development, uh, right. Gurriel and Biggio are the two players uh, who have the most, um, I don't know, uncertainty. It's really easy to to well as look. a as a Teoscar stan. You, that's of course that's what you say. Yeah. But see, there's a difference between because Te- you're, you're sure Teoscar is going to be fucking. Good. No, I have no idea. That's the appeal of Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez doesn't have uncertainty or certainty. He has chaos. He is at one. He he lives. He breathes in the chaos, despite being such just a pleasant looking man with a beautiful smile, uh, who loves to have adventures in the outfield. Love Teoscar, but you can look at. You know, I hate the I hate the seeds, though. You know, yes, because you hate fun. Just, just makes me angry. <laughs> there are real people. There, there are real like, people yeah. like that who are like, look at those yeah, ball players I, carrying I like on. Him, but why is he? <laughs> yeah, why is he dumping seeds on people? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Guriel, you can look at his performance and be like, that's that's it. He that's like the Blue Jays. Number three, number four hitter. That's a that's a true power hitter. A guy who just rakes. He just he he's just been really good. He's, when he's been really good when he's on the field. But at the same time, you're like, oh, it just feels tenuous. And then Kevin Biggio was a guy who looked really at times out of place in the big leagues, and then suddenly he did not. So again, you can there. There's just a lot of uncertainty. There are big error bars on both those two players, which is sort of uh, makes them in in some ways uh, very emblematic of the Blue Jays as a, as a whole. You can look at the Jays and Squint and be like, "That's a good team," and then you look at them another way and you'd be like, "Do they not have a single outfielder among the fucking bunch of them?" Uh, I, I don't know. What What do you think? What, who, I mean, obviously, we we maybe maybe you as a professional uh, from at a, at, a, at an ironic distance and at a, at a professional remove aren't hoping for maybe Kevin Biggio and, and Lewis Correa Jr. to to really step step forward and become you know solid solid. I, which I know is a word you you, you brainwashed me years ago. You, unbeknownst to you, where you lambasted somebody for referring to a big player, a big league player, solid. You're like solid is such like an empty, meaningless, nothing word. And then for years, I'd be writing and I'd go to say, I'd say somebody was solid. Then I'd be like, no, 
No, take it out. And I would every single time take it out because, because of you. So thank you oh, for that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember that, but that, I mean, solid is, you know, it's stupid if we're not being lazy, but that's what I am now. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I, you know, uh, grill, I have actually kind of, uh, hope for well now that you the way you set it up i can't say i have hope for him but but like <laughs> griel i really think i i i really am willing to believe and it's one of those narratives that's like you know like oh this guy he, he like brandon drury was barreling some balls there even though they turned it out like i don't think it's that bad but like i really do believe <laughs> that like that like there is a thing where he didn't play baseball for a long time and he played in cuba when he was really young and uh like the the grind wasn't the same and he got hurt and i i don't think we've seen the best of lourdes Gurriel. like i think he i i really think that he can be a really uh you know okay left fielder who is who who hits okay like i i i it would not shock me and i and i and i i'm hopeful and i think that it's very possible that he's He's decent. Like that, 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 you know, you look at the stats lines and you're like, oh, well, he was good most recently. Be careful of your recency bias. And I'm like, no, but I think that the fact that, like, he just wasn't ready for the big league grind coming over from Cuba and, and, and missing so much of, uh, whatever that rookie year was, 2017 or whatever the hell it was. Uh, I don't know. I got a lot of time for Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, uh, I think I think that I think that's I think that's not that's not bad. I mean, now if, if you want to if you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about Derek Fisher or like uh, some of the other scrubs are going to run out there. I mean, it's obviously not look it does not look like a championship outfield. It will not until Bo Bichette uh, becomes their center fielder. So uh, uh, you know what are you going to do? But but I don't know. So two things. Two things. One okay. of them is um, Arden, Arden Zwelling of Sportsnet, who uh, co-hosts at the Letters. Uh, he shared some gifs that were uh, showcasing uh, uh, Hyunjin Ryu's stuff. It was one was like here, you know, it's those big curve and it starts up a pie and then it sort of drops off the table and then when he he kind of tunnels that with a with a high fastball and it was meant to demonstrate the stuff and that that uh, you know Ryu is just has that kind of mastery over his his stuff and how it all plays together and the sum is is, is greater than the individual parts because you know he doesn't throw ninety nine miles an hour or whatever but uh, the clips that he had selected one of them was Derek Fisher and I think the other one might have been Brandon Drury or or somebody else and I was like. Well, <laughs> Come on, like these don't count. He's yeah, he's striking Derek Fisher. Like that's supposed to give me some kind of pause. But the other thing was uh, speaking, of the, which that was sort of a lazy point of mine to make. And Lourdes Gurriel Jr. makes me very lazy because everything about him is like I just break down into absolute garbage cliches. Because as the kids say, it just hit different. When you see like people, you're like, "Oh, Lourdes Gurriel doesn't walk. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that." It's like the ball hates Lourdes Gurriel's bat and runs away from it as yeah. fast as it can. As soon as he, he like he's he's got crazy amounts of pop, it just the ball goes over the fence. He hits the piss out of it every time he puts the bat on the ball. He seems to be really, really adept at doing that, which is challenging if you're trying to come at it from like a I read Fangraph sort of perspective where you're <laughs> you're trying to quantify that. Which we skill, all do. Which but, we all do, but, but yeah. like but I'm also I'm no analyst. I'm no swing analyst. I'm not really breaking it down, you know, frame by frame. You're like, and see the way he's got really uh 
you know, the, the, the top <laughs> yeah. end exploding and the th- whatever it is. Uh, but you just see him do it. And, and it's, you, when you watch him, it's so easy to become like enraptured by the, that potential. And then when you add the, the, the backstory, you add the color in, as you said, as you, gave him wonderful purple excuses to be bad for so long and be hurt all the time. But like, it's true that well, but, uh, those things, but are, also it might be like, it might be like what I was saying with Vlad and with Encarnacion, right? It's like, you know, he's now, once he settled into left field, mm-hmm. he, it, it, it really took off and, and, and really just being healthy has been his biggest obstacle. Like he has except like, if, if you look at his career, big league numbers, mm-hmm. they're not impressive, but, I just think yeah, I just think he gets better and more comfortable, and 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 maybe that's just like an opinion that in 2007 I would have shit all over, and I, I accept that. But like, I don't know. I I'm not I'm not saying like like buy stock in it, but I, but I I would not be surprised, and I I I understand exactly why Blue Jays are like, yeah, you're going to be our everyday left fielder, and I think I think it could go very well. As he gets um, more and more big league time, as he gets around the league another time and another time, his word gets out on him, and yet the numbers stay, stay strong. He still hits. He still demonstrates that sort of preternatural ability to put the bat on the ball. And even though he doesn't walk, he doesn't like strike out that much. And again, the ball really just jumps off his bat. Uh when the numbers, when the volume of good numbers starts to drown out those bad stretches in those like kind of halting, injured, healthy, injured, healthy time, that's when it's 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 really easy to start to buy in. And uh, and and BGO is definitely like a different case. Uh, I'm I'm. It's easy to want to cheer for Kevin Biggio, or it's easy to want to see him succeed. And there's so much talk about him being that student of the game. You know, stuff we said over and over for the last 15 years since the season ended uh, in, in 2019. But like, <laughs> yeah. you, what you 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 believe, and and there is perhaps you want to extract the good parts out of September. Definitely still in a wait and see mode with Kevin Biggio. Um, given, you know, just how the, you don't believe anything you see in April and September, even though, and so this is going to be July, which is still going to be a lot like April. Um, August is going to be a lot like April. The whole season is one long April. So God only knows what can happen. But if Calvin Biggio figures out how to run into a few more fastballs and like, you know, stay on the stuff that spins, God only knows. Here, the, may I, this is a, this is coming off the top of my head. So it is most likely stupid, but. If I may ask, your your arrival team, you are uh, you're trading with the Blue Jays, and when you get down to it, you have to choose to either take Kevin Biggio or Teoscar Hernandez. Who are you choosing? Uh, I would probably choose. Te- I mean, obviously, there's positional needs and whatever, but. I feel like the chance of a guy like Teoscar Hernandez or even Lourdes Correa, which maybe where I thought you were going with this, the chance of a guy who is would have would have made more sense, I suppose. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, to me, there's more. But I, I but also I'll uh, I'll say I think I think I would choose Lourdes Correa probably more cl- clearly than Teoscar. I don't know, actually. Maybe throw him in there too. Then which of the three? I'm just Fuck thinking Kill. My, view, my view with the power, <laughs> with the um, athleticism of Teoscar Hernandez, and then with, with Lourdes Gurriel, again, the same sort of thing. Like the, the ceiling appears, or the ceiling is, it doesn't even appear. We've seen 
Lourdes Gurriel hit at the big league level at a, in, a, in an impressive way for more than like, like a week at a time. You know what I mean? Like he has demonstrated the inability to hit big league pitching, to hit it for power. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and not, you know, beating up on the, uh, getting a cycle against the Ori against one of the worst teams we've ever seen in <laughs> the dregs of September when their 40 man roster is just like absolute dog shit. Which is not to take it away from him. Kevin kind of Vizio hit for the cycle, no. but no, absolutely but not. Yeah. Put it in context. So for I me, Vizio was really Vizio was really good too. Like I, I, I see, I, 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 I'm way less likely to say that it's a matter of kind of unlocking the talent that is evident in Guriel and, and Teoscar Hernandez, if you're asking me, versus Kevin Vizio, who does not appear as outwardly talented as those two, uh, as some of the stuff that you read and you hear so much is made about Kevin Biggio's like head for the game, which is valuable. It's important to know the game, to be able to think your way around the game, to be able to analyze your own performance, analyze the, the opposing pitchers, whatever, to just to figure out a way to make it work. There are lots of big league players who are not as talented as others, but who put in that work. That work is valuable. The, as we used to say, want back in the old days, like the want to get better, the want to compete, the want to win, the want to be the guy that beats you. Yeah. Oh yeah! If you've got the will to win, uh, that there, there's something to that. But at the same time, you know, we we don't know that necessarily that that, that Teoscar and Lourdes Gurriel don't have that. On top of having evident physical skills and evident baseball skills that are more challenging to acquire than a really guy who tries really hard and also you know has a big league pedigree that may have helped him to get to places other players maybe wouldn't have. I'm not saying I said what I said. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but no, but that's fair. And I, yeah, I have a. I feel that my my decision will probably come down to who's better between Guriel and Hernandez. Also, the pedigree thing makes me think of the fact that we haven't talked about the best hitter in Blue Jays camp right now, which is Dante Bichette. <laughs> you really you got to hand it to him. You got he. Is a brick shit house, man. That's fucking incredible. He's a, <laughs> he's a big dude. Now, speaking of brick shit houses, one more thing I do want to talk about today <laughs> is uh, is Ken Giles. I'm, I'm curious to see where you're going to go with this. Ken Giles. Yeah. There was some talk, some quotes oh, okay. from Ken Giles. He'd be like, if they offered me an extension, I'd sign it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, um, hey guys, why don't you offer him an extension? Because uh, he said he'd sign it. I, I'm into that. I love Ken Giles. Man, that guy is a monster. A monster. Truly one of the most impressive relief pitchers the Blue Jays have ever had. And uh, and just real, real good. And maybe it's a luxury for a mediocre to maybe okay team to have a high-end elite closer, that, for, especially for a team that's always looking to maximize their assets. But uh, well, I can there you go. I could think of worse ideas yeah. than keeping Ken Giles around. Right? I mean – and the, the 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 thing about it is, it's like I, you know, it feels a bit like Josh Donaldson trade ish, where it's like, well, there's just, there's going to be a point where it will make more sense to to sign him long term or not, you know. It's like, but but it, so sometimes that doesn't work out the way that you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it would be you know if you paid Ken Giles for three years and the third of those years he wasn't great. Whatever you, I don't know. Yeah, he's Ken Jaws. It'd be you know just 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 
just probably do it. You've already it's taken the you've already taken the kid that was supposed to be your best player and moved him to goddamn first base. So why not have a really really good closer too? You know you can't. You, it, we're just trying to add the wars here. Add the wars up. Add them up. If you got one guy with five, one guy with six, one guy with two, and you got a reliever with four, bang, you're good. You're in there like swimwear. But anyway, no. But you actually like you make like you make a good point. Really, I mean, obviously you do, but like, but like seriously, like if the like what we were talking about before with Guerrero, like if it's not a development year, uh, then why wouldn't you want to keep Giles around? If you're like, we're, we're focused on winning, then it makes all the sense. I mean, obviously they are, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the blue Jays, but they're, uh, they're a little bit, I'm going to say, I'm going to say obsessed with like flexibility and years of control and, uh, you know, shit like that. Uh, which, I guess at you know the most basic level, sure, those are important things for a baseball team in the in the situation that they're in to 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 be thinking about. But like the, the I don't, you know, there are there there are colors to that conversation, and I think stability and having a fucking awesome player who wants to be here and will sign your contract. Also seems like a really positive thing. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know how much flexibility that needs to be worth. You know? uh, and, and, and who is to say that they're, they're not like, okay, on August 1st, when the trade deadline has passed, they'll offer him a contract. But that could be, you know, the situation could be different then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you would love to see the Blue Jays bring Ken, Ken Giles back because he's really fun to watch and he wants to be here. And the other question is, if your team intends to win and given the 80-odd million dollars you gave to a 30-plus <laughs> uh, round boy who played for the Dodgers last year. 30-plus 30, 30 is being like fucking generous. How old is, how old is, is, is Ryu? Is he 32? In real years, I don't. Well, you think that he's he's younger, that he's older than he appears on his on his documentation. Is he thirty? He is he is currently thirty three years and one hundred and thirteen days old. So he's not young. He is not not a not a, not a young <laughs> man in the baseball sense. Of course, you believe that he's going to age well enough. He's not a fireballer. He's not Ken Giles, who throws a million he's miles so an hour. It's gonna be. I can't. I cannot wait to watch fucking. Ryu pitch for the Blue Jays. That's going to be so but, cool. Yeah, but but your but, but your point stands. Yeah, the point is that is not a wait and see. Let's weigh our options. Move. That's like a let's fucking do this. And the thing about Ken Giles, while well, yes, he has plenty of value, and yes, he is a, a free agent to be, and you could potentially turn that into maybe another good player. If your team wants to to win and succeed, you don't have somebody who can do Ken Giles' job nearly as well as he can. Because his job is specific, and it's not not to suggest that it's the old days when it's like, well, we put him in when there's a safe situation. Jays are up three in the ninth <laughs> inning, and you never let him touch the eighth or anything like that. But he's really, really, really good as a reliever. When you choose to use him is up to you. He may like to be in safe situations more often than not. Awesome. The bullpen is not in a state such as that I am having a really difficult time thinking of any other players who are in the Blue Jays bullpen, especially in like a back-end overpowering kind of like the license to print money sort of way. I mean, they've been talking a lot about Rafael Dolis. Like that's that's this is a big pickup, which is cool. But he's not as good as Ken fucking Giles. He, he did look pretty good. But yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Jordan Romano, people have been talking about him as well. But, but 
yeah, no, Ken Giles, like exactly what you say, really, really fucking good at the job that he does. And and the other thing about that is, if you sign him to a contract, you'll still probably be able to trade him if that's what you really eventually want to. If do. you're bound and determined right. to move him, you can sign him to a reasonable amount. Well, if if he wants to take it, if he's like, I'm going to go to free agency, I'm going to get paid. Okay, I hope you do. Uh, if not, if you want to stick around and the team is going to make make you a reasonable offer, one that's comparable to that which you might get in the free market, do it. Because, again, he's, a, he's the, a good player, and it's always nice to have good players when your goal is to win as many games as you can. Isn't it? Isn't, you know what? I've, always, <laughs> I, I've, found, I've found that most of the teams that win a lot of games that I've ever watched in my life uh, had a bunch of good players. It does seem like that, that is, there is some sort of a correlation. I don't know if anyone's done a statistical, like, uh, analysis of that. I don't know if they've like run the numbers, but it does seem like that good players do correlate to winning teams. But also, I I, I can understand. Look, I look as as Steve Simmons said in the pages of the Toronto Sun that one time. I am I I can be I can be too generous to the Blue Jays, but uh, but like also like uh, Jaws will be uh, you could potentially qualifying offer him. Uh, his salary, like if you gave him $18 million a year, that like for a one year deal, that wouldn't be out of line, like in terms of like the market for a guy like Ken Giles. So maybe, maybe that's their play is to be like, we'll, we'll give him the qualifying offer. And like, if he, if he declines it, then he hurts himself on the free agent market and maybe we can sign him back or we get a draft pick. Uh, and that's you know what? Now that I'm saying that out loud, that seems like maybe the kind of ruthlessness that these nerds around the Blue Jays are really into. Uh, by the way, if you are this is your first inter- uh, time listening to Birds All Day, as I said before, thank you. Uh, you may also go back to the through, through the archives, listen to the time we had those nerds on this show. We've we, we've spoken to both Ross Atkins <laughs> and Mark Shapiro, both uh, Blue Jays executives who were very generous with their time. And uh, and I think we they, we had some of our best shows with those the, the, the one with that with well, Atkins why, why in particular. Why you got to bring that up now? <laughs> after I just call him on. <laughs> I, you know, we contain multitudes, is what I'm kind of getting at. And if it's your first time and you've made it like 50 minutes through the episode, uh, there's a little there's a little nugget for you, a little Easter egg. Go <laughs> digging for the time we spoke with uh, with Ross Atkins. Uh, one more thing, real quick, uh, which may seem sort of academic uh, in the end, but apparently Doug Ford of all people. I sort of let it slip that the Blue Jays are going to, in fact, be playing their home games in Toronto. Uh, a story that's on Sportsnet uh, by Shai Davidi, who, who quoted uh, the Ontario Premier Doug Ford uh, at length from his uh, morning meeting media availability. He does one every day during the week uh, with offering coronavirus up to novel coronavirus and COVID-19 updates and uh, and so on. But he has uh, said that it, this is a quote from that's in shy story from uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford. Uh, we got approval from the municipal chief officer, uh, medical officer. We made sure we discussed it with Mayor John Tory of Toronto as well. Uh, Ford said, we discussed it with the Chief Medical Officer of Canada, along with Deputy Prime Minister uh, uh, Christina Friedland. And on top of that, we talked to David Williams and our medical team. And uh, and Doug Ford says he thinks I, I he looks forward to seeing them play. There's a there's a there's a quote that I I don't I want to know who if it was Shy if it was somebody else at Sportsnet who left it in. So they've got another. The Premier uh, Ford goes on, and, and and even in the quote on Sportsnet it says, "Folks, 
<laughs> I've seen the protocol. I think Major League Baseball was 150 pages, and I don't think the NHL was far <laughs> behind. I love that they left the folks in there. Folks, folks, that's how that's how we talk, folks. Talk about, talk about strict. I I had the same reaction. Talk about strict. They're probably even stricter than our chief medical officers. Also, this thing reminds me, I don't know if you saw this viral tweet of someone who was reading uh, The Catcher in the Rye for the first time, and they can't help but put uh, the narrator, Holden Caulfield's voice, like they're reading it in Donald Trump's voice, and it's completely ruined the book because there are like so many different did, like passages in the book where he's going on, oh, just just the best, just the most terrific, the most terrific individuals, the smartest, the smartest individuals in the whole class. And <laughs> the way that the way that it's written, if you read it in Trump's <laughs> voice, I would be like, well, that's it for this classic piece of uh, teenage literature. I'm throwing it right the fuck out the window because there's no way, no way I can get through that. But anyway, the the most important takeaways, of course, Blue Jays look to be playing home games in Toronto this year, which. Uh, matters sort of well the feds haven't signed off on it yet but obviously they're gonna do he's it. putting words in christina friedland's mouth How, that, that seems I so mean, unlike doug ford <laughs> yeah no i it, it's gonna happen and uh we don't need to uh, have we ever talked about the coronavirus on this podcast have I don't we know if we need to do it right now uh <laughs> I, I think we, we have, and, and also if you're, if you're first listening uh, to this show for the first time, which I don't know why you would, but if somehow you are, uh, go back to the episode we started talking about coronavirus, I believe it was in February, and listen to some of the things that I said about the coronavirus. Oh, you were, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, you are, like, Drew, Drew is very fucking downbeat about this. And everything you said was 100%. Like, it's frighteningly so, such that I would never, if you had told me at the time, like, all these things are going to come true, I would have said, no way, that's not that, not happening. But go back and listen to that one. Uh, and it was a bummer. I believe it was it was Adam, right? Adam, who, who is like the heads up the podcast team, listened and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but anyway. Well, yeah, you know what? Feather in your cap, though. Yeah, feather in my, my cap for reading the tea leaves. <laughs> your, your episode... Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce uh, the, epidemiology. The doctors. Yeah, epidemiology. Emma, former guest Emma that. Emma Bachelieri with the uh, hit me with the epidemiology. I've got it in my head now. I can't get it out. Uh, yeah, we've. I was going to say like epi- epistemology. I was, I'm like a like a, a philosophy major. Yeah. <laughs> Episiotomy, <laughs> which is like uh, when you are giving birth. Anyway. We don't need to get into it, whether or not it's a good idea, bad idea. Uh, yeah, the protocols are there. Uh, <laughs> whether or not it's a bad idea or a bad idea. Whether or not it's a bad idea or the worst idea, whether or not the season will, <laughs> will get played out to its full 60 games. John, uh, John Lott had a wonderful piece about uh, his take on it. Absolutely. Which, and if you are... Uh, which, which uh, if, if you've ever read or known John, usually correct. And uh, not, a, not a fire and brimstone kind of guy. A very thoughtful yeah. and measured man, who by whom we should all measure ourselves as his 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 and aspire to yeah yeah the standard by which we should all be measured. But um, yeah, they're going to play uh, in Toronto. Oh, the, and there was another thing. Can I ask one question then? We, we since we've kind of blown to the last one. What do you think about Charlie Montoyo? Just sort of like as a, at first blush. When you think about him, do you think yeah, he's a good manager? Jays are in good hands with him at the helm? Because I do not think that. And I don't know that there's any reason for me to think that. And I'm wondering where that bigotry comes from. <laughs> oh, I do know where uh, I do, do know where the bigotry oh. comes from. It's from when he kept oh. pinch running for Vlad in his first game of the year. 
And like the first like few weeks, he just kept pinch running for him with a guy who's no faster. Pissed me off. Anyway, what do you think? I mean, do you, I, I mean, I don't think that was Charlie's call. Uh, Charlie seems to be a very nice man. <laughs> uh, interesting you said that because they, so there was some talk about the blue the baseball, something we haven't really talked about. They're playing with those wacky extra inning rules. Where is it? It was in the 11th inning or something or extra innings at all. A guy starts on second base. Um, in an event to move things along. And so Charlie Montoya started to kind of talk in strategy and being like, I got some strategies as he's talked with Kevin Cash and and some other uh, managers in the game. And he said, you know, they've sort of, you know, played it a little close to the vest, but also talked about different ideas, different strategies. And, and, and Charlie was like, you know, I got my strategies. And then it reminds me of this like uh, TikTok or Instagram thing I saw where it was a, someone <laughs> in the back of like an Uber and they're playing with a butterfly knife. Have you seen this? Where this person's got this like beautiful ornate this, no. like butterfly knife, so it's, it's obviously like very dangerous. Excuse me, very dangerous, and they're kind of opening it up and turning it around a little bit, showing off some of the stuff that's on the is handle. That, is that what we would have called us a, a switchblade? Well, the child? butterfly, if it's a switchblade, is like a like a button, like a. I'm not a super. I'm not a knife guy, so you might. So a sw- in my mind, a switchblade is like you push a button and the blade comes out. A butterfly knife is one that's more like folded up in like a V. And then you kind of turn it around, and then the blade is then revealed, and you're holding. And you the can handle. like you can like dance it around. I yeah. Guess. So this in this video, this guy is not really dancing it around. It's just sort of like being opened and being turned in front of this. So obviously, the, the person is holding their phone in one hand, and then this knife in the other, and they're trying to de- show that the, how cool the knife is. And then uh, the person is sitting in the back of a car, drops the knife, and it falls point down right into their like calf. And then it falls on the floor of the car, and then blood is like, like, like they've stabbed themselves with this butterfly knife showing it off in the process of making a TikTok. And that was me thinking about, for whatever reason, thinking about Charlie Montoya <laughs> strategy. Like, I got some strategies. I got some weapons at my disposal. And then somehow he's like stabbed himself in the leg, trying to shoot a 15 second video for it. But, but maybe I, I think that might be my own bigotry and also my own lived experience with him being a shitty manager. Call me crazy. I, I. I don't know if he's a shitty manager. I Charlie seems like a really nice guy. I do not, I do not go to the like. I don't. I don't know Charlie. I've never talked to him mm. or anything. But he seems like a, a nice guy, and I and I respect that because I feel that there are not enough nice people in baseball, and I think that's a nice, you know, a thing that the Jays have done. But uh, and I don't know how important a manager is at this point. Really, like I don't know that he's. Uh, but yeah, like I, I mean, this is obviously me being reticent to be like, ah, yeah, like if I was called on to uh, to start a team tomorrow, I'm not gonna say that Charlie Montoya would be the first manager. I would fucking be like, gotta get that guy. But uh, but but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I I think that sometimes people's criticism of, of him is uh, is based on sort of ghosts in their own head. Not to not not to suggest that your that your witchblade story is uh, is butterfly knife. <laughs> uh, that's entirely true, and uh, obviously the the 2019 Blue Jays were going to be dog shit no matter who was managing them, and uh, maybe it's better to be a new guy who's able to kind of make his bones and take his lumps as manager, figure out what works with this well, group he's of been players. A 
He's he managed in the in the in the minor leagues forever. I don't know. Make his bones in the big leagues. The the third deck syndrome applies to to managers as well, Uh, uh, and maybe better that that uh, another guest of Birds All Day, John Gibbons, uh, did not have to sit through that uh, because ain't nobody got time for that. John Gibbons on Birds All Day just this past this past winter. (laughs) Kind of insane. Kind of insane. Uh, but no, I, <laughs> I'll never forget he, John he, Gibbons. Like Montoya does feel like a. Oh, wait, I was no, going to talk about. You was, guys must be bored when he when we asked him to come on the show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, legendary. But no, I, I think I, I, like Montoya does feel like an extension. I think for I'm, like I'm not even speaking for myself, but I just the way I see fans talk about it is like uh, <laughs> an extension of Ross Atkins, who was just sort of like nerdy dude i don't know like not uh you know i don't know i, 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 I guess you've ever heard about i don't know if you've ever heard about locker room culture but i don't think either of them think it's cool and i agree with them i think that's that's uh that's correct mm-hmm. uh the it, it would be weird to be a, a, a shitty person but also i wonder sometimes <laughs> how that works what that diamond it's also funny that we're like ross atkins is a nerd when realistically he you know he is a he's probably older than both of us oh he's super yeah he's cool Uh, he fucking he's a spig when i when i when i first met him i was sitting in his office he's like He's like, you want a you want a beer? It was like eleven thirty. I'm like, right. <laughs> but on top of that, he's also like an enormous, like strapping guy <laughs> who played double A baseball. Like he's not some fucking pencil pusher. He played no, the game. Apparently, yeah, he yeah, has yeah. like all these records. That, and he went to didn't he go to the same high school as A Rod and and J Pierre and C B or something like that? Like uh, uh, Mike Mike Lowell for sure. But like he he's no joke. And he like people are like, ah, oh, nerd, pants pusher. It's like, yeah, he wears glasses, but he also was a professional athlete. <laughs> I do think that it is the glasses do make maybe, a difference. Maybe, maybe, misses maybe, maybe, maybe Charlie should wear glasses. I don't know. No, but also uh, but working no, against I, I, Charlie I, I, Montoya was that that cringe bong bongos thing from uh, from his introductory press last year. He, br- he dragged or, everybody or, in his office to play from, the bongos. Or from any other time the bongos come. Are they bongos? Yeah, Didn't we yeah. go through this last year? We went through. Again, more bigotry. Fuck, we're terrible. It's not bigotry, man. Is it bigotry if I'm like, if, if somebody comes to my house and is like, where's your guitar? And I'm like, you need to leave. Because you are not playing the acoustic guitar at my home. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but are they at, My question <laughs> is not whether or not he should have played them. He obviously should not. My question is, are they actually bongos or is there a different name for the drum that congas? he plays? Are they congas? They yes. Be congas. Because if, if someone said, do you have a guitar? And then you smash them over the head with it and we're like, it's like, a I mandolin, a you piece of you fucking piece of garbage. <laughs> Anyway, I think I that's know. it. I'm done with this now. I I hope that's it. I hope that's it. I li- I li- I like Charlie, and I no, I you know, respect to the respect to the nerdy fucking shit, and I I I like what they're doing. I'm not gonna lie. I would rather Charlie Montoyo than Tony Larusa. No argument here, but at the same time, you know, keep your leg veins butterfly knife free as best you can. <laughs> Keep my ears fucking conga free, <laughs> or my, not even my ears, my eyes. When when I have nowhere to look because you're in a small office and someone's playing a musical instrument, and you have to look at them when they're doing it, staring straight, like yeah, yeah, play that fucking drum, man. But anyway, it's okay. Man. That's it. I'm shutting it down. 
That is it God. for this edition <laughs> of Birds All Day. His name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Fairservice. We will be back next week when there will be playing baseball. Holy shit. We, next Thursday, mm. when we record, they will have already played a game. That's messed up. I'm looking forward to it. So we can have something else to talk about other than music instrument varietals. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Shapes of instruments. Anyway, his name is Stoughton. My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Night.